0: Revival. Is everybody doing good tonight? We're so excited that you're here to join us. If you'll stand for the reading of God's Word as we welcome Pastor Stevie, Stevie Scott. So I just want
1: to welcome you guys to the Revival. excited too. Um, I want to take a minute just to welcome all the ISN viewers that are also with us. And we're so grateful and thankful to the amazing Sid Roth who gives the awesome opportunity for this to be broadcasted so so many can see what God is doing. I know that every time I come here, I experience such a touch from God such an encounter with him. And I wanna tell you, that's for you too. Just reach out and grab it. So the scripture that I have today is Luke 7, 22. So prior to this scripture, um, John the Baptist has been put in prison. He's in a situation that's not what he was probably planning on. It's hard and it's confusing. And he sends two of his messengers to Jesus to ask him a question. And they're gonna ask him a question, are you the one or should we expect another? And so some of us tonight are asking that same question. Is he really who he says he is? And will he really do what he says he'll do? And the answer is yes, yes. And yes, so in verse 22, Jesus, I mean, verse uh, 22, Jesus gives a simple, a simple answer. He says, go back and report to John what you have seen and heard. And so I'm telling you right now, go back and report what you see and hear tonight, because God is going to move in a mighty way. The blind receive sight. The lame walk. Those who have leprosy are cleansed. The deaf hear. The dead are raised. And the good news is proclaimed to the poor. That was Jesus' answer, and that's our answer. And that's what we can expect tonight. So when we worship here in just a second, let's go at it. Go at it with all that's in you, with expectation. Let's worship.
2: But you have so So good, you reign above it all. Nothing's greater, nothing's higher. The reign of darkness now is ended in the kingdom. King of my life You ain't above it all finished. God, you poured out your life just to give us new life. Now from the lips of the forgiven, hear an anthem arise. Jesus, you
3: up a shout of praise to him, you're welcome in this house.
0: dry space in your life and fill it with his holy water. Right now in this moment, he wants to bubble up inside of you so that depression has to leave in Jesus' name. It has to leave. Heaviness has to depart in Jesus' name. And so right now he's just asking for water. We praise you, oh God. We praise you, oh God. You are worthy of everything.
4: On this young lady tonight. And I couldn't figure out why God was putting this in my heart. But the Bible says he is the God that fills all in all. And so I about shouted and run when you said what you said because I'm telling you that would have made a scene tonight. But listen to me. Because when it comes to a posture of receiving, The Bible says that God was hovering over the void. He hovers over empty spaces. So what my hands always do, we're gonna sing that one more time, but what my hands always do is I form an empty space. And when I form an empty space, god's looking for empty spaces to fill and so i feel the holy spirit as she sings this one more time as we form the empty spaces and we say god here it is here's the void that needs filling. here's the void listen god wants to fall in this place tonight all right come on let's form those spaces sing it with all your heart let that anointing flow through you in jesus name space. A praise like he deserves tonight. You didn't come out to play church. Come on. Come on. Give God a praise like he deserves tonight. Give him a radical. He's filled you. He's delivered you. He set you free. Glory be to God, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Well, welcome to the North Georgia revival tonight. Come on. God is so good. You may, you may go to your seats at this time. My name is uh, Pastor Don Allen I've had a distinct honor of being a part of the North Georgia Revival for over two years now what God's been doing and I'm so thankful to get to be here with you tonight we are we're grateful that god is with pastor todd as he's out ministering and god's gonna god's gonna use him mightily mightily we're so thankful we're thankful for those that have turned uh, tuned in on ISN. we are thankful for the opportunity god's favor and blessings are upon our lives but i just wonder tonight how many of you are here for the very first time at the north georgia revival can i see your hand wow come on let's celebrate them tonight Amen, we're so thankful that you've come and so many of you come from so many distant places and we thank you. It's all about a posture. See, we've gathered about a posture, that's what we were saying. She helped us create and this team helped us create the posture of worship. And when we create the right postures in our lives, God's able to move. Now you didn't know about the postures that were already in play in this place. God's been up to some amazing things. You know, churches aren't supposed to work together, especially churches that are only three miles apart. But because of a posture change, look what God has done. Come on now, look what God has done. But there's also a posture in this house of excellence. And when you gather, and those of you that this is your first time, you didn't know how much work has come into preparing for you to arrive how many times these seats have been prayed over how many times that people have sought the face of god for this very moment in this service so that you would know that god Is preparing to do something great in your life amen can we give God a praise for what he's gonna do in our lives tonight listen we've seen him open blind eyes we've seen him heal cancer we've seen people be set free and delivered in a moment we've seen addictions broken all because of the right postures God's favor is on us if you know anything about this house and I am so blessed to get to call them my friends the pastors of this house have adopted that posture. And I've watched and and have been encouraged. Mighty woman of God brought a mighty message this morning on the blood of Jesus Christ. Come on now, the power of the blood. You see her preaching. I see her grab a trash can and walk around the building sometimes. See, you haven't seen that posture, but her heart has been in the right posture. Now, ushers, I want you to join me here Uh, as we prepare to receive our offering tonight. It's all about posture. I took and, and, and I just felt something significant in the moment. And as they go to their places, they prepare to receive tonight. I want us to assume the right posture. In other words, to say, God, I'm thankful for everybody who's gone before me who's given to support the revival so that the needs, you don't know how far these needs are coming from. They're driving from across the country to see God heal their families. And it's our responsibility and our opportunity to say, Lord, I'm going to take the posture of giving. So I want you to stand with me in this place. and I want you to prepare your offering. Amen. You come on up because I'm going to put mine in there first. All right would you take that in your hand Maybe those that are watching you want to give, you can give via the, the text or give to the different ways it's going to show you there. Thank you, thank you for joining with us. It's costing thousands of dollars to provide this revival. But God's been meeting the needs. But when people come, we don't want them to leave uh, and not be ministered to because maybe they didn't have the right clothes and those kind of things. And simply even what it takes for all the washing of those things, all those things that we have to get ready for you, your generosity helps make that a part so i want you to bow your heads in this place take your offering in your hands i'm telling you there's something there's something special about the posture of this moment i've preached here time and time again i have i have stood here and ministered in different ways like this before but there's something supernatural about this moment father god as i take my offering in my hand and lord i thank you that we have the opportunity to collectively give tonight I thank you for those who drove all the way from Alabama to minister in the right posture to, of worship tonight that have created an open heavens, Lord, for those who have prayed in advance, for the one that has prepared a message tonight. Lord, I thank you that most of all for the king of glory who's already showing up tonight and that is going to change lives. And Lord, now we assume this posture of giving. And as we give, Father, I thank you that you are going to bless this and you're going to bless it and it's going to go further than we could have ever imagined and more needs are going to be met and people are going to hear about what God is doing in the waters in Dawsonville, Georgia and they're going to have a posture of faith birth inside of them. That's what we're sowing into that if God can heal their family, God can heal mine too. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen and amen. Come on, now give God one more praise. Ushers, would you serve the people there. God is so good to us. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. I'm always so excited, looking forward to what God is going to do. Now, I've been on the road a little bit and, and I'm so excited to be able to be back with you tonight. And uh, we, get, we get an opportunity to receive an impartation from a powerful, teacher preacher but what I like best about him was he is a courageous you know what I believe that that if we had lions in this part of the world he'd be a lion killer I want to tell you i believe because he took his church into a move of the holy spirit that most people would have been afraid to move into and lives have been changed people have been healed people have been filled with the holy spirit and so tonight i want you to help me give a really big north georgia revival welcome to pastor as he comes come on around pastor matt scott from moody alabama amen
5: Amen, let's give God some praise. Amen, any good? Any good? Amen, amen, you guys can have a seat. It's great to have everybody here tonight. It's great to have all those from Alabama who came over tonight, all of those from other states. Raise your hand if you're from out of state. Who came from another state? Look at all these states, on the count of three. On the count of three, shout your state, one, two, three. Wow, those are awesome places, really awesome places. And we're so awesome and uh, so glad that you came from those awesome places to be here tonight. Uh, I think Pastor Todd and Pastor Karen would tell you that the reason that this is an awesome night and an awesome place is because the Lord of glory has decided to dwell here. It's nothing special about the building. It's a pretty building, it's a really nice building, and it's awesome people, but it's because Jesus Christ has decided to step into this room. And when Jesus steps into the room, Anything can happen. Amen? Anything can happen. So I have high expectations tonight. I believe it's going to be an incredible night. And I believe that many of you are going to experience a miracle. I believe many of you will receive exactly what you asked for. I believe many of you will receive exactly what God wants you to have. But I believe all of us, if we're postured correctly, will receive a touch from the Lord tonight. It's gonna be a good night. My name's Matt Scott, I'm the pastor of The Gathering Place Church in Moody, Alabama, just right outside of Birmingham. If you leave Atlanta and head toward Birmingham about 20 minutes before you get into Birmingham, you'll find Moody and uh, turn right, and we're right there on the right. If you ever decide to come by, uh, we'd love to have you. And it's just an honor to be here tonight. We have developed a great friendship with Pastor Todd and Pastor Karen. Just want to honor them for a minute. We just give them uh, the honor that they are due for leading this house. Yeah. Doing a great job. Great job. All the pastors of the North Georgia Revival, this is, a really, this is a really special deal. I have never in my life seen so many pastors, like Pastor Don said, from a very close proximity. It's easy to lock arms with someone in another state. It's somewhat difficult sometimes to lock arms with people in your own city. And to see this is uh, not only an absolute miracle, but I believe it is a picture of what God desires for every city, for every city. And so we're just honored, honored to be here tonight. You ready to dive into the word of God? If so, say yeah. All right, we'll get your Bibles out. I am a little bit more of a teacher than I am a preacher. I'm not going to move much. I'm probably not going to shout much. But we will dive into the word, and I believe God's going to lead us somewhere really good tonight. Look at your neighbor and say, it's going to be good. Thank you. I'm encouraged. (laughs) Open your Bibles to Exodus 13. We'll get there in a minute. I'm going to read a couple of passages that will be on the screen, hopefully, if I sent the right document. I'm going to read out of Luke chapter 4. Just a couple of verses out of Luke chapter 4. Luke chapter four, verse one says the following. It says, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, left the Jordan and was led by the Spirit of God into the wilderness. That is Luke chapter four, verse one. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, left the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into, look at your neighbor and say, the wilderness. Yeah, that's where he went. Verse 14 says the following, Jesus returned from the wilderness, say the wilderness, into Galilee in the power of the Holy Spirit and news about him spread throughout the whole countryside. Tonight, I want to talk to you about a God-appointed wilderness. How can we leave the wilderness in power? Let's pray together. Father, we need your help. We pray that you come right now, Holy Spirit, and that you speak. You have a corporate word that you want to give, but you also have an individual word that you would like to give every person in this room, every person watching online, every person that will watch this later. You have something for them. We pray that you meet needs. We pray that you speak clearly, that you give us direction, Show us exactly how we can come out of this season that we're in, corporately, but also as individuals, in the power of your spirit. It's in Jesus' name we pray, and everybody said a good. Amen. Amen. All right, what I just read you in Luke chapter four is the historic account of a specific time in Jesus' life. It gives us details of what happens previous. The the event was his baptism. Y'all remember his baptism? Was anybody there? Okay, all right, checking. Gives us specific details of his baptism. He steps into the water, and the, the scriptures tell us that the heavens were rent open, that a voice thundered from heaven. This is my son in whom I love and am well pleased. A dove descends and rests upon him. That sounds like an awesome moment. I hope that somebody tonight experiences that at their baptism. A heaven-rending, dove-descending moment. I want, anybody want that? I want that. And so Jesus' baptism, a little bit different than our baptisms. Jesus um, did not have to repent of sin. This was not a sin-repenting moment for him. He had no sin. But it was like our baptisms in the case that he he was publicly devoting himself. He was letting everyone know that I am in this to the very end. And he would prove that. Now, we as Christians often say things like, God, I will serve you until my death. But not many of us have been put in a situation yet where it would require our death to follow Jesus. But he followed him to the very end. So he devotes himself unto the Lord. He has his baptism moment. And it says that the Spirit of God led him, not into ministry, not into the temple, but into the wilderness. Now if I were God, I'm not God, aren't you glad? Say amen. (laughs) If I were God, I think I would have led him straight into the temple, straight into Jerusalem. Like he's ready. in him, I'm gonna lead him straight into the temple. Let's get this thing started. The sooner we get it started, the quicker we can end it. I would have led him into the temple. But God didn't do that. God led him from his Jordan moment, from his mountaintop experience, if you will, from this incredible, holy, divine moment leads him into the wilderness. Now the wilderness throughout scripture is a word that's used to describe remote, dry, desolate, isolated places. It's a place that's challenging and difficult, seemingly void of life. Physically and spiritually, it's a difficult place to be. Most of us try really hard to avoid places like this. And if we find ourselves in a place like this, we work really hard to get out of it as quick as possible. I don't think anybody woke up this morning and said, Spirit of God, lead me into the wilderness today. It's where I wanna go. It's where I wanna do, that's what I wanna be. I wanna be in the, no, 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 no. It's human nature to avoid difficulty and challenges and crisis. It's human nature. We also think that if, Sometimes if we do find ourselves in a wilderness, it's due to taking a wrong turn or it's punishment by God. You know, you you did something wrong or I did something wrong. God's punishing you. God's smiting you because you find yourself in this place. Now, there is a wilderness of unbelief. There is a wilderness of disobedience. I mean, wherever there is a person that is going after the things that God is opposed to, you will find yourself in a self-appointed wilderness. And those those aren't fun places. But if you've devoted your life to the Lord and you're filled with his spirit, the the wilderness may not be the result of wrongdoing. It's probably the result of right direction. God often takes people into the wilderness before, listen to me, before he unveils them to the world. It's a God-appointed god appointed wilderness. And I feel that there might be some here tonight. There may be a lot of us here tonight who would find ourselves in a place like that right now. If not, you'll probably be there at some point. So take notes and pay attention. So you'll know what to do when you get there. So I want to talk to you about this wilderness, this wilderness. Now that word wilderness, it can be defined a liminal, in-between space, where ordinary life is suspended, revelation is given, and new challenges and opportunities emerge. That's a working definition for wilderness. In Scripture, wilderness encounters often happen in a critical juncture in someone's life. So if you find yourself in one of these places, odds are God's up to something, and he wants to do something really powerful in your life. So there could be a reason to get excited about the wilderness if you find yourself in the middle of one. So throughout history, we, we see in these right before a drastic transition takes place in the ministry of someone, right before there's a corporate anointing that's about to fall, before something big is about to happen to God, people find themselves in a not so attractive place. I could give you many examples. For example, Moses was in the wilderness. He prepped in the desert for his ministry. God met with him in the desert. Just so happened that his ministry would be in the desert. Poor Moses. But I think that Moses got some heaven credit, don't you? Yeah, yeah, he did. David, before killing Goliath, his only experience was in the wilderness with sheep. Matter of fact, his brothers made fun of him when he came to the front lines of battle. They said, who do you think you are to stand against this giant? The only training you have is in the wilderness with sheep. But despite all of their battle training, it turned out that his wilderness training turned out to be exactly what was needed to kill that big giant. Elijah, while in the wilderness, uninhabited land, was fed by God, ministered to by God himself. God led him there, and it was exactly where God wanted him to be. He didn't take a wrong turn. Sometimes we can be in the center of God's will, smack dab in the middle of the wilderness. Shortly after, Elijah won his greatest victory when he prayed down fire on Mount Carmel and defeated 850 prophets of Baal. Wilderness training. John the Baptist was in the wilderness. It was in the wilderness that John received a revelation of Jesus and how to minister in preparing the way. In the wilderness. Jesus himself was led from a wonderful place, a high moment, post-baptism into the wilderness. And I could keep going on and on and on and on. There, there's, there, again, there's nothing appealing about this place. But scripture is quick to tell us that that we are not to despise or undervalue the wilderness. Matter of fact, Jesus must have found something there that was extremely valuable because at least two times in scriptures, it tells us that he returned to the wilderness to pray, to be alone. He went back there. So obviously, if he went back there, he found something there that he needed, he wanted, and he desired. Are y'all with me so far? All right, Exodus chapter thirteen. Have you found it yet? I gave you a minute. You still say yeah? Exodus thirteen. Did I say Exodus thirteen ever? I did. Okay. Sorry, it's been a long day, Pastor. We teach a lot of sermons in the morning. You have, you know, to I me. Mean. Exodus thirteen. I'm gonna show you another wilderness story real quick, and then we're gonna jump in the water together. Has anybody ever jumped off the stage into that pool over there? I am seriously thinking about it right now. All right, I won't, I promise. If God tells me to, I will. What is it, do it first and then ask for forgiveness later? Was it, was that what All right, Exodus chapter 13, verse 17 says the following. When Pharaoh finally let the people go, God did not lead them along the main road that runs through the Philistine territory, even though that was the shortest route that Syria gave them to the promised land. He didn't take them on the easy, direct route. God said, if the people are faced with a battle, they might change their minds and return to Egypt. We can substitute the word bondage for Egypt. So God led them in a roundabout way through the wilderness toward the Red Sea. And thus, because of this, the Israelites left Egypt like an army ready for battle. All right, this is really interesting. All right, so this is a season in time where God was the one that was fighting all of Israel's battles. Y'all remember the story? Pharaoh, Charlton Heston, you remember it? huh? Is Charles and not the greatest Moses has ever existed? Yes, he is. Of course he is. Hands down. All right, so this is a season. God's winning the battles. God's doing it all. There's 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 plagues and all sorts of fun stuff going on. God defeated Pharaoh single handedly. He's the one who got them out. He's the one who's due victory. Up to this point, all of their victory is solely based on God's favor. But God shows us something here I think is really, really important even though he was completely capable of defeating any army that they would have met on that direct route, he knew that his role in the battle could and would in this situation be limited by their doubt and fear. He knew that it would be limited by their doubt and fear. He knew that in this situation, due to their immaturity, due to their lack of experience, Due to their lack of time spent with him in this situation, at this point in the game, it would be best to go around this battle, take them into the wilderness so that he could prepare them for a future battle that would be far more important than this one. So he took them around. I'm going to take them around. I'm not going to take them. I'm not going to take them directly. I could take them directly, and I could do it all myself, but I am going to take them around because if I send them into this and they get all scared and they get all fearful, they start isolating themselves. They start diving under bushes when somebody sniffles. Because of their fear, they will limit what I want to do. So they're not ready. And it's okay. He's not mad. He's, up, he's not upset. He loves you. He didn't get his belt off and whoop him. <laughs> Anybody get a whooping growing up? <laughs> I think we need more whoopings. <laughs> Can I say that? Okay. So I'm going to, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to hide them. God hid them. I'm going to hide them in the wilderness. And in the wilderness, I'm not going to waste the season. This is not a wasted season. I'm not going to waste the season. I'm going to use the season to comfort them and nourish them, test them. And hopefully, if they respond well in the season of wilderness, I'm gonna lead them out of the wilderness in great power. I used to be in brick masonry right out of high school, going to school at night, going to college at night, working during the day, doing brick masonry, made me really appreciate air conditioner really appreciate it. I'm not built for brick masonry. So I was the guy that like mixed all the mud and carried all the blocks. It was just terrible in every way for me. But I noticed that brick masonry today is not what it used to be. There's a lot of gadgets that help them out. You know, there's lasers and y'all are familiar with all, you know, there's lasers that get corners. I mean, literally you can walk to a place and go the corner of the building is right here on this laser dot. I mean, it's crazy. So they have all sorts of gadgets, they have all sorts of tools, they have all sorts of technology, but every once in a while, we would be, we would be laying a wall, the masons would be laying a wall, and they would stand back and they would look at the wall, scratch their head, they would reach into their toolbox and they would pull out a line with a weight on the bottom of it. They would put it up against the wall, they would drop the plumb line to see if it's true, to see if it's accurate. And every once in a while, they would say, This wall's off. We started in the right place, but something happened along the way, and we're not where we started. The wall's leaning out, the wall's leaning in. And our, despite the technology that we have, and despite all of the good programming that we have, and despite where we've come, something's off. And we would have to tear down some things, a few courses reconstruct. God has stepped in. God who is out of time has stepped into time and he's dropped the line. He does that every once in a while. And he's dropped the line against his church. He's dropped the line against you and me. And it's often that he drops these lines, not when things are great, he drops them in the wilderness. Where's your theology? Where's your faith? Do you believe the words that you sing? Do you believe the words that you read? Is he protector? Is he provider? Anybody can see, Lord, you are so good when the economy is good. (laughs) So God says, I'm going to take them into this space and I'm going to check them out. And I'm gonna love on them, and I'm gonna spend some time with them. And he did. He took them into the wilderness, he poured into them, and then sometime later, we don't know when, let's say six months later, after time with him, camping with him, hearing from him, they fight a battle. This battle is very significant, and it's a battle that they win. So, what was the difference? There was only one thing that was different. God was the same. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever, amen? Did God need a break in order to regain strength after Egypt? No. The only thing that was different is they were ready. They were ready. They were ready. A month ago, four months ago, no, they just weren't ready yet. But God determined that they were ready and postured for a victory. The issue is never, is God ready or is God capable? It's never the issue. Never a contest. God God against evil, God always wins, amen? It's never an issue. The issue was, were the people ready to stand in faith and fight for God? Were they mature enough to see God win the war, not for them this time, but through them? Were they mature enough? Were they ready to not allow a scary situation to frighten them and discourage them? Knowing that their partnership with fear and discouragement would result in people limiting God's preferred future. Sometimes God takes you into a battle. Sometimes God takes you around the battle. Sometimes he takes you into the wilderness. Always for his glory, your benefit. Amen. So, how can we navigate this season? Let's talk about this season. Did anybody see this season coming? Anybody expect this season that we're in? If so, raise your hand. I want to talk to you after the service. I've got some questions I'd like answered. How are we to handle this? Work is not the same, church is not the same, ministry is not the same. Don't even know they're going to let us play football. Come on, man. Right? What's going on? Nothing's the same. A lot of people think it's going to be back to normal here in a few months. What if it's not? How are you going to respond in this season? How will you come out of this season? Those are really important questions. And so I'm going to show you four things that happen in this place. And I think it's just going to be preparation for this place. I believe that God's going to move in powerful ways. I believe God's going to give us answers to prayer tonight. I've already said that. I think he's going to give us miracles. I believe there's going to be powerful fillings of the Spirit. But just know that it's for something. It's unto something. And this is a really, really important season that we find ourselves in right now. So I'm not gonna read the entire account, but in Luke chapter four, again, verses one through 13, Jesus navigates the wilderness. Four things happen, and I think that these four things are something that we should be expecting, and God willing, we handle these well and we grow from them, so that we, like Jesus, can come out of this season, not just surviving. Does anybody just wanna survive this season? What would it look like to come out of this season thriving, in the power of the Holy Spirit. So the wilderness is a place where four things happen. Number one, the wilderness is a place where we are tested, where we are tested. Deuteronomy 8, 2 through 3, this is a verse that Jesus quoted at the devil. He said, remember how the Lord your God led you all the way into the wilderness these 40 years to humble and test you in order to know what was in your heart. Why does testing happen? To see what's in your heart whether or not you would keep his commands. He humbled you, causing you to hunger and then feeding you with manna, which neither you nor your ancestors had known, to teach you that man does not live on bread alone. Man does not live on money alone. Man does not live on a good economy alone. Man does not live on football alone. Man does not live on my kids going back to school alone. Man does not live on good circumstances alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. It's interesting that he quoted this this verse at the devil. By referencing this passage, Jesus, what a rabbi would do in those days is he would quote a passage from a text and they were all so well read that they knew what the entire text said, not just that verse. The Bible teacher knows. And so what he's doing here, by referencing this passage, he was essentially saying two things. First of all, devil, I know this is a test. And second of all, I know that God, in the midst of whatever comes my way, will take care of me. He's gonna take care of me. And so the wilderness exposes what is true and what is false, what is fake and what is real, what is good and what is not. The wilderness brings to the surface All that is within us. And I don't know about you, I've seen some things come to the surface in this season out of Matt. It's not great. Is this a safe place for me to confess as well? I mean, there's been some, I mean, let's just be honest. You watch the news, you're like, what, what, why, what's wrong with these people? God forbid you look at Facebook. Everybody's lost their mind. They all lost their mind. That kind of stuff just comes out, that impatience, intolerance. And God's like, whoa, what's that? I don't know. I'm just frustrated. Why are you frustrated? Because these people, what people? You know, them. He says, why are you expecting those that don't know me to act like they know me? Oh, that's right. forgot about that. God, this is frustrating. Nobody's coming to church. Why aren't they coming to church? Why are you so frustrated? I feel like they should be at church. Do you need a lot of people sitting in front of you to justify your ministry? Don't want to hear that. Quit talking to me like that. That's rude. You learn a lot about yourself in the wilderness. And you can deflect, it's all about them, but that wouldn't be, that would be probably unwise to do. Because see, how you handle the wilderness determines how long you'll be in the wilderness. I mean, there was a group of people that didn't handle it well, and they were like in there for what, like 40 years? Jesus handled it perfectly and he was there for 40 days. Perfectly. I like 40 days better than 40 years. Anybody? So he's going to let you be in this space right now to see where you're at, to see how mature you are, to see if you're ready for the battles ahead, to see if you're ready for the assignments ahead, to see if you're ready for the anointings that have already been given, to see if you're trustworthy with the power that he wants to give you. This is a season of testing. It's testing our hearts. Do you have a true love for people? On Sundays? This is a test of your soul. How healthy is your soul? Where are your emotions? Are you like okay one day and then back crazy the next? <laughs> because Jesus might be like, that right there. Let's work on that for a minute. <laughs> you ain't ready for the temple yet. Let's work on this in the wilderness with nobody around. <laughs> I don't want them to see you like this. I definitely don't want lost people to see you like this. They'll blame me. (laughs) Your attitude is being tested. Can you be a person that remains in hope even when you don't feel hope? Your faith is being trusted. Do you trust God in a season where there is much to fear? Is he your rock? Is he your shelter? Is he your safe place? Does his blood cover you? He's testing your ears. What are you hearing right now? He who has ears, let him hear. There's a lot to hear right now. What are you welcoming in? What are you dwelling upon? What are you meditating upon? What you meditate upon, you magnify, and what you magnify, you'll see come to to pass in your life. Your eyes are being tested. Can you see God in the midst of this all? Can you see him working around you? Your devotion is being tested. What do you truly love? What are you grieving the most right now? What are you grieving Some of us are grieving that we can't get on a plane. Some of us are grieving that our teams aren't playing. Some of us are grieving that our kids are with us. (laughs) Is anybody grieving anything like, I miss missions. I miss laying hands on people. I miss ministry. I miss, feeding y'all with me? What are you grieving? Are you grieving that the stock market's low? Or are you grieving that there's a lot of children trapped in homes right now? that They have no business being trapped in. Are you praying for God to fix your world? Or are you praying for God to change the world? It's just so much being tested right now. I don't want to be stuck here. Do you want to be stuck here? Oh, let's handle it well. Let's handle the test well. You know, a test is given to see if you're, if you're ready to go on to what is next. For those of you who are teachers, I'm ready to go on to what is next. Let's pass the test. Number two, the wilderness is a place where we're tempted. Your enemy always comes at you in the wilderness. He doesn't play fair. He's not gonna come at you on your best day. He's not gonna come at you on that day where you just came out of the glory after spending three and a half hours with Jesus, he's gonna come at you in the wilderness. Satan came after Jesus with three basic temptations. He tempted him him first to get for himself, to self-provide. It's a big temptation in our world, to self-provide. He tempted him with compromise. I am seeing a lot of compromise right now, it breaks my heart, it's a lot of compromise. abort the plan and he tempted him with pride to do something amazing so that he could prove himself. Jesus didn't need to prove himself. The devil knows the implications of your faithfulness. I'll say that again. The devil knows the implications of your faithfulness in the wilderness. He knows that if proven faithful you will exit with power so he will throw everything that he can throw at you in this season hoping that you will self disqualify that you will compromise that your eyes will compromise that your ears will compromise that your mouth will compromise he wants you to compromise don't let him it's not worth it it's not worth it 1st Corinthians chapter 10 Gives us hope. Verse 13 says, the temptations in your life are no different than others experience, and God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. When you are tempted, he will show you a way out so that you can endure. You know, one thing that the wilderness does is it gives me an opportunity to crucify unhealthy parts of me. Because there's things being exposed driving down the road not too long ago and I was having a conversation with someone that had offended me, but I wasn't on the phone and they weren't in the car. Anybody ever had one of those conversations? Man, I am, listen, I can't tell you how good at those I am. Like I have some of the best, Pastor, I have some of the best fake arguments with folks. Every single one of them I win. There's always a crowd that forms in my fake argument. Like, oh, did he, oh, he just told you. And I just drop the mic and everybody cheers. I need help, I need help, y'all. So I'm having one of those conversations in the car, somebody has offended me, I'm crying out to the Lord. And he said, what's the issue? I said, I am offended. He said, what part of you? I said, this part of me. And he said, oh, that part of you is still alive? Apparently. He said, well, wouldn't this be an excellent opportunity to kill it? He says, just go ahead and kill that part. And then the next time this happens, you won't be having fake conversations driving down the road. Thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord. The third thing, the wilderness is a place where we can be nourished, we can be nourished. Anybody need to be nourished? Hosea chapter two, verse 14, I love this passage. It's talking about an an adulterous wife and how the husband is coming after the adulterous wife. And before you judge or get upset, we have all been the adulterous wife. All of us. And this is what the Lord says, therefore I'm now going to allure her. I'm gonna lead her into the wilderness, to chastise her, to condemn her. No, to speak tenderly to her. This is gonna be a season, if you will allow, the Lord's gonna speak tenderly to you. And there I will give her back her vineyards and will make the valley of Achor a door, that was a place where something very terrible happened, a door of hope. There she will respond as in the days of her youth, as in the days she came up out of Egypt. I tell you, something's gonna happen in this wilderness season. A lot of people are gonna fall back in love with Jesus. They're gonna fall back in love with him. They're gonna realize, I have made too much of this. I've made too much of myself. I've made too much of money. I've made too much of stuff. There's been far too many activities. God took this as an opportunity. Did he send COVID? No, but he's taking this wilderness season as an opportunity to lead all of us to a place where he talks to us sweetly and says, why don't you fall back in love with me? Why don't you fall back in love with me? Like the week you got saved. Remember the week you got saved? That's what he's talking about like where it began. We said, where well, I brought you out of it where it began. Why don't you, why don't you go back to that place where it was innocent, it was childlike, and it was pure. A lot of people are gonna fall back in love with Jesus. The fourth thing that happens in the wilderness is the place where we can be encouraged and empowered. Encouraged and empowered. Isaiah 35. The wilderness and the dry land will become joyously glad. Listen to this. The desert will blossom like a rose and rejoice. Every dry and barren place will burst forth with abundant blossoms, dancing and spinning with delight. Lebanon's less splendor covers it, the magnificent beauty of Carmel and Sharon. My people will see the awesome glory of Yahweh, the beautiful grandeur of God. So strengthen those. Come on, everybody. Strengthen those who are discouraged right now. Energize those who feel defeated. Say to the anxious and the fearful, be strong and never afraid. Look, here comes your God. He's breaking through to give you victory. Come on. Isaiah 40, a voice of one calling in the wilderness. Prepare the way for the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway. For our God. When you find yourself in the wilderness, prepare the way. Get prepared in this liminal space. Get prepared for what? Verse four, every valley, every low place shall be raised up. Every mountain, every obstacle, every hill made low. The rough ground shall become level, the rugged places a plain. So when you use this season to get ready, this is what he's saying. When you use this season to get ready to seek the Lord, Things begin to shift. Things happen. And then when they do, look, the glory of the Lord will be revealed and all the people will see it together for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Man, that is so good. I don't even have to preach. I can just read this. (laughs) Listen, when God speaks, he expects us to partner with that word. His spoken word is always looking for partnership. Our commitment, oh, this is so important. Our commitment and bold belief of his word is your sword, it's your weapon. It's our victory. When, When people of God hear God speak, and then boldly pursue what he has spoken, the pursuit of that word becomes an undefeatable weapon. And the enemy knows this. He knows what God has said. He knows what God has promised. He knows what God wants to do in this season. And the last thing that he wants is for the people of God to believe God. It's the last thing he wants. The spoken word of God is there for us to pursue, for us to welcome in. And when that happened, things change. Now, you also need to know that the spoken word of God always attracts opposition. Mark chapter 4, Jesus said, when people hear God's word and begin to pursue it, opposition is deployed to choke it out okay, to make it seem impossible. And when the declared word starts to become impossible to us, doubt, disappointment, discouragement, compromise, fear, whenever we partner with those words instead of God's words, things get choked out. You know, I, I think about Mary Y'all remember Mary in the Bible, Jesus' mom? Yes? So an angel appears before her and says, um, I'm paraphrasing, hey, you're gonna have a baby and he's gonna be the Messiah. And, and this is gonna happen not through natural relations with a man the Holy Spirit is gonna come upon you, and you will conceive. And I love what the Word tells us. It says that Mary treasured the Word spoken over her. She she took that Word, and she welcomed it in. The the word treasure, in the Greek, it, it, it means that she guarded it. Like, oh, God said that? Did God say that? God said that. That's mine. And fear's not gonna take it, doubt's not gonna take it. I mean, to my knowledge, she was the first that conceived a child without a man. There's a lot to doubt there, there's a lot to fear. She knew that in that culture, if she conceived outside of marriage, she could be stoned. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? So fear came after that word. Doubt came after that word. Discouragement came after that word because a lot of people turned her away. She said, no, this is mine. I'm cherishing this word. No one's going to take this from me. And I believe with all of my heart that God has given some of you words. He's given you promises. Maybe from even long ago. Maybe you've heard, I am going to be healed in the name of Jesus. Maybe you have heard that my marriage is going to be restored in the name of Jesus. Maybe you have heard you are going to be set free and delivered in the name of Jesus. Maybe you have heard that my family is going to get back together. My kids are going to come back home. You have been given words. Do not let the thief come and take those words. Cherish them. Cherish them. I believe that church, God has given us a promise that revival is not coming, but revival is here. It's here. Open your eyes and look. It's here. This is not a season where we just hunker and survive. This is a season where we rise up and thrive. This is a season that we don't look back on and say, man, I'm so glad 2020's over. No. No. We're going to come out of this season, I'm fully persuaded that we're going to come out of this season above, ahead, advancing in the power of the Holy Spirit. Because whenever he gives a word, listen, he also gives every tool needed to dismantle the obstacles. Every tool needed every tool needed to fight off the one that would wish to steal, kill, and destroy. Faith has to arise. Now's the time. Now's the time. I want you to stand up. I think God is about to do some incredible things, but let's just give him a moment to work on us. Is that okay? Just give him a moment to work on us before we get into the water. Man, I'm looking forward to the water tonight. I think some really powerful things are gonna happen. You agree with that, yes or not? Yes? And we saw some powerful things this morning. I'm talking to Pastor Don Allen earlier. They had seven accept Christ this morning. Isn't that incredible? Seven accepting Christ this morning. I know some people accepted Christ this morning here. We had some folks accept Christ this morning. We saw some miracles this morning. We saw um, some, some people with cysts testify that the cysts, they felt the heat of God flow through the body. They just knew that they were healed. We, we, we had this week, a, this is a very interesting testimony. You'll appreciate this one. Prayed for a girl this week, and she said, you prayed for me not too long ago. And my prayer was that God would teach me how to play the piano. I want to know how to play the piano. I want to lead worship in my church. And so she comes back up this morning, and she said, you prayed that over me, that, that God would help me learn piano. So I went to a piano lesson, right? Sometimes faith is activated. Things happen when we move in faith. She goes to a piano lesson. She sits down at the piano. She can already play the piano. Come on, somebody. God taught her how to play. Man. And she was just innocent enough and child childlike enough to just ask the Lord, God, will you teach me to play the piano? I ain't got a lot of time. I really want to lead worship for you. And we've seen some incredible things. We saw somebody's eye healed this morning. Man, God's moving in power right now. He's moving in power. And he's gonna do some stuff tonight. Let's start with our hearts, though. Why don't you bow your heads? Let's just let him to do some work on the inside. I think it's really important. It's really important. God, we thank you for what you're doing this year. This is not a wasted year. Honestly, it's probably exactly what we needed. Exactly what we needed. Jesus found something in the wilderness that was extremely valuable. Extremely important for the rest of his ministry. God, we want to find that too. So we help us to find gems in this season. Expose our hearts, Lord. Deal with things. We give you permission to deal with some things right now. If there's unforgiveness, God, in our hearts, if there's offense, it's building a wall. Maybe, maybe, just maybe the unforgiveness and the offense is keeping us from the healing and the miracle that we're pursuing. May we lay that down right now. May we forgive as we have been forgiven. God, we repent of any anti-Jesus, anti-Christ thoughts that we might be having right now in this season. If there's any thoughts that we're having that are opposed to what you have said, God, we repent of those right now. We're not gonna partner with those any longer. We point out what thoughts those might be so that we can lay those at your feet. Thank you, Lord. In a room this size, there's always a few folks that haven't been born again. There's a lot of people watching right now, I know that for a fact. And so if you haven't been born again, and what that simply means, if, if, if you have not allowed Jesus to give you new life, if you haven't made a decision to repent, to turn from a self-seeking and self-indulgent life and turn toward a life of love, and a life of peace, and a life of sacrifice, yes, but good sacrifice. You have an opportunity to do that right now. So if you're here and you want to you leave here tonight with confidence knowing that you have peace with God, that you have life forever, knowing that he's going to set you on a trajectory that will change your history I would love for you to make that decision tonight. So with your heads bowed, if you wanna make that decision, just slip your hand up real quick and I'd love to pray for you before we move on. Amen. Praise God. Anybody else? Praise God. Praise God, awesome. That's awesome. Anybody else? It's awesome. So, just say this prayer to yourself and believe the Lord's going to move in a powerful way in these individuals' lives. Aren't you excited for them? Just pray this. Pray, God, I love you very much. I thank you for bringing me into this space tonight so that you could show me how much you love me. Thank you for Jesus, his blood, his sacrifice. And I ask you now, Jesus, forgive me of my sins, fill my heart. Fill me with your spirit and point me in a brand new direction. I fully intend to experience your goodness today and every day moving forward. Love you, Jesus. Love you, Jesus. Holy Spirit, we ask that you come now, that you move in love, that you move in compassion, and that you move in power. Touch your people. It's all for your glory. It's in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said a good... Amen. Come on, let's give God praise one more time.
4: Come on, give God thanks for that powerful message tonight. How many of you uh, you resemble that message? Anybody? I did, and I was repenting. Every time Pastor Matt comes, I end up sitting there repenting the whole time. What a powerful truth, powerful truth. Well, it's time for us to get ready tonight to celebrate what God's going to do in the water. You know, who knew that God was going to use a baptistry to help usher in this end-time revival? But God had a plan. How many are thankful? Amen? God's good. Now, listen tonight. Some of you, you came and you thought, you know, I want to get in this environment before I make a decision if I want to be baptized. Okay? Okay and you didn't register in advance, or maybe you just gave your life to Christ. Let's just give God thanks for those who just gave their life to Christ also, amen. Praise God. And you wanna be baptized. So we need to get you registered. And so what I want to encourage you to do, if you want to be uh, baptized tonight and you had not yet registered, there's a gentleman right in the back, in that back corner, his name's Brent. He's sitting right back there. If you'll go, wave at me, Brent. Can you wave at me? If you'll go to Brent, he's going to point you in the right direction where to go and where to be registered, okay, so that you can get registered. In just a moment, if you are already registered, you're going to see the, uh, uh, the letter come up on the screen you're going to be able to come right up and go and get ready for baptism. We are so excited about what God is going to do. All right, let's bow our heads and ask God to bless this time. Father God, I thank you for this day. I thank you for your presence. I thank you for your spirit. And God, I ask you in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, by the power of the Holy Spirit, God, that you are going to anoint this time of baptism. Lord, when I stepped into those waters, my life was changed. I thank you tonight that testimony after testimony after testimony is going to come forth of lives changed in this place. Lord, we celebrate and we rejoice in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen and amen, all right. Hey listen, if you're not registered, going back there, he'll point you in the right direction. But maybe you're here and you're in a wilderness time and you need prayer, we have prayer workers that would love to meet you right out front here. They would love to pray with you. We ask though, make sure they have a a revival badge on before you let somebody pray for you because we have uh, them ready they're in the uh, preparation for what God's already doing in the house and so if you need prayer if you would go at that this time all right is it time for the first baptism uh people to come go through the line tonight all right where do we start with a all right so if you have an a where do they go right up through here, all right? If you have an A, you can come and go right up there. Let's celebrate with them as they're coming for baptism tonight, amen.
6: And we're here in Dawsonville, Georgia, at the North Georgia Revival, week number 132. I'm joined here tonight with Pastor Matt Scott from The Gathering Place in Moody, Alabama. Pastor Todd is away tonight, Pastor Matt. He is ministering in another state, and so you are with us tonight, brought an incredible message about the wilderness. And Pastor Matt, I want you just to give us a little bit of a review, maybe a little bit more thought. Uh, about how the church is in what you call a wilderness experience right now. And what I love that you mentioned was, is that, you know, a lot of times we look at a wilderness as something negative. Yeah, but you, you suggested that maybe tonight that a wilderness experience is not always negative. Just speak into that right yeah, now. Yeah,
5: it's not always a negative experience. Uh, and the reason we know it's not a negative experience is because Jesus was led there by God. God led him into that place. We know Jesus was without sin. He didn't take a wrong turn. It uh, was exactly where God wanted him to be. And so Jesus, after his baptism moment wasn't led right into ministry, he was led into this very strategic place where God could pour into him, where he could be tested and tempted like we would be tempted and tempted. So I know. Jesus had us in mind while he was in the wilderness, showing us how to navigate when we find ourselves in these dry places. And so uh, I I do feel like that often, I know at least speaking for myself, when I find myself in a dry, disappointing, seamlessly void of life place, I try to get out as quick as possible. But maybe, just maybe, there's something in these wilderness spaces that's very valuable.
6: You know, I love how you mentioned that when we're in the wilderness, how we respond to the wilderness uh, determines how long we stay there. In yeah. and, mo- and in that moment, uh, I was arrested in my own spirit to say to the Lord, you know, God, I want to do well. I yeah. want to do well in this experience. And so do you think, Pastor Matt, that we still have time to do well as oh, the yeah. church in oh, this yeah. wilderness?
5: I think the Lord is patient. He saw this coming. He knew where we were. I don't think he's disappointed in how we're responding as individuals or how we're even responding as a church. And um, and I try not to get caught up in all of that, you know, what this church is doing right now and what that church is doing right now. I think that God does have something very strategic for each body of Christ in this season and for each individual. And um, I think really what is being tested right now is just simply our faithfulness. Our faithfulness will we be faithful when circumstances are challenging. And so I think that there's definitely things that God wants to do. And I think that if we respond in faith and in love, there's gonna be, you know, Jesus came in led by the Spirit, but He left in the power of the Spirit. Absolutely. And that's what I want. I wanna leave this season not surviving it. I wanna leave this season thriving. I wanna leave this season further ahead further along and I think we all have the opportunity to do that
6: we've got more I think we got more tests ahead of us so we want to do well we want to we want to serve well we want to remain faithful and I love the fact that you mentioned about not staying the course doing what god's called us to do
5: yeah i don't think god has changed his mind in this season and so the things that we were doing before we may do them a little bit differently right but i don't think he's changed his mind about revival i don't think he's changed his mind about seeking his heart and going after the nations and evangelism and healing and miracle signs and wonders i believe that we're still on that trajectory and maybe just maybe we come out of this season after handling it well and we see an increase in all of those wouldn't surprise me one bit.
6: Well, I tell you what, we're in a good place tonight here at the North Georgia Revival where people are, I think they're realizing yeah. this, uh, this time of testing, a time of preparation, a time of making change. Yeah. And so they're coming to Jesus in the water tonight. And so we're gonna be going here in just a moment to the baptisms and seeing life change. You know, That's Pastor Now, we've seen a lot of of healings and miracles and signs and wonders you have in beauty yeah. at your yeah. church, but what we really love to see is life change, oh, come on. where Jesus meets them in the water and people coming into a new awareness of, hey, this is a moment in time and we've got to be responsible. We've got to remain faithful. we got to remain steady yeah. because really the world is waiting on the answer that, that we have. Yeah. So be encouraged tonight, guys. Be encouraged, church. It's not too late. To get on the course of faithfulness to the lord and responding well in this time of wilderness this is the time we grow it's rough it's it's pressing it's hard a lot of times but we're going to stand up tall to stand up straight look at the things that are around us yeah. and find out what god wants us to see during this time i want to invite you to go to our website cfchurch.tv check out the next upcoming event in september it's the weekend of the 13th pastor matt matt yep. we will be joined by uh, john kilpatrick from the famous Brownsville Revival.
3: That's gonna be good.
6: And also David Giamona, an incredible uh, chaplain, retired chaplain from the Army, saw four wars. These two men are gonna speak into leaders. Wow. It's a pastors and leaders conference. If you're a leader of any, of any kind in your church, you need to go to our website and register for this conference. It's gonna be an incredible time of impartation. So don't miss that. Again, go to cfchurch.tv look at our events uh, section on the website and you'll be able to register for that coming up in september and also i want to mention pastor todd's uh recent books this one right here you can go to kingdomready.tv and order online tonight pastor matt i'm sure you've read this and your wife stevie have read this oh my goodness got this book can't tell
5: you how much that book helped
6: speaking in tongues this is a a manual an explanation of the power of the prayer language. So if you have not read this, you need to go to kingdomready.tv right now. Pick this book up. You may be totally informed on this subject, but you know somebody that is not. Yeah. So get this book for them, and it will explain the power of the prayer language. This is our weapon in that this day and time. And while we're in the wilderness, that's what Come we on. need to be doing is what praying in gift. tongues.
5: What a great gift. And
6: then the last uh, book I want to mention just tonight is, is Pastor Todd's most recent book, this is creating a habitation for God's glory. The Lord is looking for churches, bodies of people all over the world that can host His presence, that can stand under the glory, that can make a way to the glory for others to come and join. Grab this book as well on KingdomReady.TV. Uh, go to that website. You can order all of Pastor Todd's material there. And these are these are uh, some tools that you can get in your hands today. Yeah, while we're in this wilderness period, to prep and make yourself even more ready. Pastor Amen. Matt, any last thoughts no, uh, I, as we step away and go to, to the baptisms here? Man, I'm
5: excited about the baptisms gonna tonight. Awesome. I feel the glory of the Lord in the place. I know there's going to be breakthrough in incredible ways, but, you know, just for any of those that might find themselves in a wilderness space right now, a wilderness place right now, don't be discouraged. Don't be discouraged. Again, remember, God led Jesus into that place because there was something very important for him there. Matter of fact, Scripture says that he came back to that place wow. at least two times that we know of just to be with the Lord. And so this is a season to allow the Lord just to nourish you, to pour into you. Take advantage of those opportunities to minister when God puts them before you, but just know this is a really, really special season. Take advantage wow. of it.
6: Thank you, Pastor Matt. What a great word. I love it. It was a great word tonight. Love the fact that you taught us. You taught Amen. us. I love that teaching gift and the preaching gift mixed together tonight. Thank you. Thank you so much for being with us at the North Georgia Revival tonight. Don't go away. We are about to start baptisms. People have already pre-registered to baptize. They are ready to meet Jesus in the water and get a refreshing during this time of the wilderness. So join us now as we go into a time of baptism.